Hey, my name is Chris McAllister, and I spent 10 years rabidly chasing my goals. A custom-built home at age 22, a custom-dream home for my family at age 27, a millionaire on paper. I spoke for large audiences. I led a nonprofit where I had a large team, and it all came crashing down. Eviction notice, a box of Cheerios I couldn't buy, I could barely feed my family, my wife sold her engagement ring, and I've spent the last eight years obsessively studying, teaching, coaching others on what I have to remind myself of every day, that the key to finding sustainable happiness, that sustainable flow, is to unblock yourself from self-sabotage and be at your best. My goal is to guide you through fear by slowing down the moment to help you harness your energy. This podcast will talk you through the stress and help you feel calm and organized. So last time we talked about this idea of making peace, figuring out the motives, the energy, and what it looks like then in interacting with others in regards to the systems so that we could wear that future girl costume. Um, But today what I want to do is kind of round out the conversation we've been having on this idea of making peace. And not only is it something you do internally with your motives so that you're unblocked in the pursuit of mission, it's also something that applies to the external reality of the culture you're building around you. Now, this applies to uh, relationships you care about, friend groups, families, but specifically, I'll apply it a lot to the organizations you're building. If it's a startup, the team that you're culturing. So part of making peace is learning what environment is best for us to pursue the mission. And uh, this helped me a number of years ago. I can't remember if I learned this somewhere. I've tried to figure that out, Uh, but I'm going to share it with you. Some people like a golf environment and some people like a basketball environment. Now, let me just explain real quick because I don't use a ton of sports analogies. Honestly, I'd rather go make something awesome happen, be a part of it uh, going on around me rather than just watch other people do it. Um, But I, I at least connect with this analogy, and here's why. Um, golf is so much slower. Basketball is so much faster. One makes changes by talking with the caddy. The other changes the plan with the glance of an eye. And we're going to pass and we're going to make it happen. So for me, you know, I have tried to play golf. I got into it for a few years. And there was a part of it that was fun, but there was a part of it that just didn't sustain my interest. Um, I would love to go play basketball. It just it's hard to fit in with the rhythm of life now. So for me, trail running is more my jam. But I play golf, and it's like, uh, I play basketball, and I'm ah. It felt amazing. I lost track of time. Uh, I got an intense sweat on. So your organization that you're building, the family system around you, uh, whatever it is, you're paying attention to that kind of environment. So the site shift team, it's a basketball environment. It's how I work best. Um, the environment that I have at home is a golf environment. It's how our family works best. So I am going to give myself permission to be the environmental architect and build the culture I need around me. I'm also going to be secure so I can build the environment others need. I know this is a paradox, but I'm going to look at how I build an environment that unleashes and harnesses who I am, and I'm also going to think about others while I do that. So for me, I want to move fast. I want to make changes. I want to be able to pivot quick, but I want to be disciplined and stick with the plan. You know, it's it's the both and. And in the site shift environment, I want to make quick changes as I need to. I recognize at home, even though I'm wired up that way, I need to 
approach it differently. So let me give you some tips real fast on what it means for you to build an environment, to think about yourself as an environmental architect, to give yourself permission to build the environment you need, but also make sure you build it around others as they need, okay? Um, and, And, you know, just as you think about your role, if you are leading the organization or if you want to be a team leader and you want to keep getting promoted and move up or you want to build something cool, you know, you're applying that title to yourself. I am an environmental architect. I am setting the thermostat. Um, So here's how you do it. First, pay attention to the stories you are telling yourself and others. Now, I am going to talk more about strategically telling stories later this year. Uh, For now, I just want you to start paying attention to them because your outlook, your outlook shapes the culture. How you view things is constantly reinforcing what's happening around you. Um, I love to go back to the idea of the Stockdale Paradox from Good to Great by Jim Collins. And if you haven't read that, I'll just give you a quick summary. He got to interview um, the highest-ranking United States military officer in the Hanoi Hilton, the prisoner of war camp during the height of the Vietnam War. And this guy was, like, tortured 20 times in eight years. Uh, He you know, found ways to beat himself with a stool and disfigured himself with a razor blade so that he couldn't be put on video and say, hey, they're all treating us fine. He found different ways of setting benchmarks to allow other prisoners to encourage encourage them to share information at different levels so that they didn't have to endure um, torture indefinitely. He developed a way of communicating, tapping, to send messages to each other. Uh, really amazing person. So uh, in the book, Good to Great Jim Collins, he's interviewing this guy, and he asks him this. Who didn't make it out of the prisoner of war camp? Who, who couldn't get out? And this military officer replied, oh, that's easy, and I'll read straight from the book. He said, the optimists. So Jim Collins says back, the optimists, I don't understand And then the military officer replies this way, the optimists. Oh, they were the ones who said, we're going to be out by Christmas. And Christmas would come and Christmas would go. Then they'd say, we're going to be out by Easter. And Easter would come and Easter would go. And then by Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again. And they died of a broken heart. Another long pause. Then he turned to me and said, this is a very important lesson. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. And so for people that tell themselves an extremely pessimistic story where they're victimized and they become a constant star of the drama in their own story, uh, they're typically not going to get promoted. They're typically not going to be leading, and they're typically not going to be venturing out. Um, what you're going to see is the opposite overreaction to that other extreme where the optimists whose arms are cut off, they're bleeding out, the business is failing, the team is fracturing, and they're going, oh, it's fine. It's not fine. Um, so what we want to learn to do is have an outlook that faces reality 
that isn't hyped, but then gets to changing things and growing. And this is that idea of that faith that you'll prevail in the end. And for, for me to build the environment that I need around me, to be a cultural architect, it's just number one, I want to pay attention to the stories I'm telling myself and others. And I want to make sure that story that I'm telling reflects an outlook. And that outlook is we're going to get there. I don't know exactly how. I'm not going to give you any kind of false certainty on the plan, but let's go after that vision. Because culture is caught more than it's taught. So I want to stir that up in you. Okay, you've got permission to build the environment around you that you need. How do you work best? But you're also going to build it around what others need. And so you can you can live in that tension and it's a beautiful place to be. Let's even use a simple analogy of like the furniture in an office space. You can set it up to be something that inspires you, but you can include pieces that certain team members want. Um, Now, that's not the depth of what I'm saying to you. It's just a simple way of illustrating it. So build the environment that you want. You've got the permission to do that and include the elements that help let your team fly. And you're going to do that by paying attention to the stories you tell yourself and others because it's caught more than it's taught. And as you pay attention to these stories and as you pay attention to your outlook, lean into what you enjoy. I don't really like golf. Would I play golf for uh, growing the business and increasing the impact of the message that I want to spread? I don't know. I'm willing to pay a pretty heavy price. Uh, Somebody on our team loves golf, so my thought is that would be a way he could do that and enjoy playing and further what we're doing. And I'm going to be running in the woods or playing basketball. Uh, It's a both-end thing. Pay attention to the stories you're telling yourself and give yourself that permission to have the environment that you need, culture, the outlook, Pay attention to what you're saying, what you're doing, and may you be the kind of person who gets so resolute that you will prevail in the end, regardless of what's happening right now. Thanks for being here. Have an awesome week. Peace.